Okay, normal life in Jacksonville, the three of us, and $10,000 in cash. Right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hey, everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. And this is the Evil Dead Cast episode 14. We have an incredibly special guest this week. Welcome, Karen. <laughs> Thanks so <Hooray>. much. <laughs> Woo! Happy Karen. to be here. I'm really Sick. glad to have you on because you and I have always been Evil Dead fans together. Um, for people who don't know, I think there might be just a couple, but not many. Karen is my co-host for Walking Dead cast, which we've been doing for like 12 or 13 years now, I think. It does feel that way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, I, the show has been so great. So uh, Evil Dead, that is Evil, Ash versus Evil Dead. So I've been hoping that you would come on sometime. So I'm glad you're here. I'm so happy to be on the show with you guys. I've been listening to your podcast and also um I mean I'm a I'm a huge fan of the Evil Dead, well the the movies and this particular television show and I first saw it when I was uh, a young college student um, probably smoking weed at my friend's apartment <laughs> at UCLA and I fell in love wow. with it and I fell in love with the genre and so I feel like this is sort of like my gateway drug to zombies in general, even though you could argue that it's not a zombie show, but it still made me a fan of Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and this whole franchise. So it's yeah. so thrilling to be to see it. And so I'm so happy to be able to be on the podcast with y'all. Awesome. So what it seems like you like the show, but like, can you remember back to the pilot, how it impacted you? Oh, yeah. Oh, of Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a little nervous about the show. But when we uh, I actually had a, a tiny little spoiler. I don't know if you remember this, Jason. We were in Atlanta for Walker Stalker Con and you had seen episode one and you said, oh, my God, it was so great. You're you know, it, you're going to love it. And uh, you were just nervous because you were hoping that the rest of the series would be as good and live up to that very first episode. And it seems like it did. I have been watching it now eagerly every week, and it's so great. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> you told me David said he thought this show was made for you. Yeah, he said, he's like, wow, I remember there was a show that was perfect for you, honey. This is the show. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he clearly sweet. knows you well. Yes, he does. <laughs> All right, then, with that said, let's move into our Deadcast Top 3. This week, it's the Top 3 Highlights for Season 1, Episode 10, the finale, The Dark One. <laughs> so, how did this one live up? Let's start with you, Rich. We haven't heard from you yet. What? Did, how did you feel about this week's episode? Oh, man, it was awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was just like going back to the movie. It was so cool. I, I really... Uh, I really liked how they brought in some of the some of the uh, um, you know uh, what do you call it filming style that Sam Raimi used yeah. to do. Uh huh. Yeah, that was cool. I don't know. I, f I forgot to look up who the director was, but he he did a good job of imitating uh, Sam Raimi on that, and then he got all the gore. It's uh, Rick. This guy Rick yeah. Jacobson who has worked on Xena and Spartacus. So he's like part of these guys crew, apparently, you know, oh, they, cool. and, uh, he did an amazing job. I mean, he should be proud. Yeah. Yeah. He did a really good job. 
I was really impressed and I loved it. I mean, it was awesome. He had everything that you needed. He had the gore, you had the one-liners, you had the house, which came alive. It, it was pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was one of my favorite episodes, I think. Yeah, me too. Chris? Well, I like Rich said, it, it, it did have a real Evil Dead feel, and I really liked that about it. <clears throat> and I got to say, I, I mostly loved everything I saw, like the action, the gore. It was creepy and scary. Um, but I think at the end, I was slightly underwhelmed by the whole thing, which we can we can get into a little bit because it didn't really feel like a season finale to me. And I know that's kind of unfair because what's a season finale? What's it supposed to feel like? I don't know. There's there's lots of different ways to do it. And maybe it just didn't quite go where I expected it to go. Uh, but I really did like it, even though I was sort of a little underwhelmed by the end of it. The other thing is, I didn't think this episode was all that funny. They kind of they kind of, to me, left the humor behind a little bit in this one. Ash taking Ruby's deal kind of felt like letting the air out of the tires a little bit, but I thought that was perfect because Ash takes the easy way out sometimes and can be a total buffoon, and he does things that actually make things a lot worse. And yeah. and I thought, oh, how appropriate that we're going to get another year's worth of entertainment because he fucked up one more time. <laughs> well, he, is his, he is his own worst enemy, right? Yes, and he does exactly. that kind of thing yes, all totally. the time. Keeping, um, it was definitely in keeping in character with what he's, what he's done in the past. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I understand what you mean, though. I mean, just the looks on Pablo and Kelly's face is like, I don't think this is good. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the right way to go. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Karen? I loved the episode from beginning to end. And I actually thought it was funny. I thought there were a lot of one-liners that were hilarious. I mean, uh, we can get into that later. But there were just one example when... Uh, <laughs> when uh, he says that, you know, they're debating Ash, Kelly, and Heather are speculating about what Ruby is doing down the basement. And uh, Ash says, well, the book calls her the dark one. And and I think Heather says, that's a rough nickname. And he says, well, at least they're honest. So we know she's not down there starting a charity. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. David and I laughed out loud and we had to watch that again because it was so stinking funny. There was, I thought there were yeah. plenty of one-liners. And I loved the ending, actually. I didn't feel like the air was let out of my tires at all. I thought it was the the, the fantastic, stupid thing that Ash would do. And when he pops in the, the tape into his tape deck and out comes ACDC back in black, yeah. I was cheering. That was perfect yeah. because it was mm -hmm. the song that I was hearing every day at the local pizza place at lunch during high school when this movie yep. came out. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> My just speaking of lines, my I think my very favorite was when uh, he was cutting a deal with Ruby, and he's all, "Okay, normal life in Jacksonville, the three of us, and ten thousand dollars cash." <laughs> yeah, she says, "I'm not a bank." <laughs> like that's the most amount of money he can I know. imagine. <laughs> Like, ask for a million at the least. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, ask he got for three money. wishes. <laughs> but then he's happy, he's happy with gas money. It's hilarious. He's like, all, huh? Gas money. 10,000 right? bucks. Like, everyone knows with number three, you like more wishes. I want this, this, and three more wishes, you know? <laughs> uh, so I loved it. It was, um, 
It might damn well be my favorite episode of the series so far. It was damn close. You guys all know I've been, I like it more when it's scarier and, and more horrific and people are actually scared. And this episode had that probably more than any of the other ones, but it was funny too. I thought so. Uh, so yeah, I loved it. All right. Let's get into the top three. Who wants to go first? Anybody? <laughs> somebody, somebody better go. I'll be happy yeah, to go, go first. Okay. The frenetic energy of this episode is my number three and really the whole series. And I mentioned that before, but it had this whole series feels like it's made by a group of people who are sort of in love with the whole franchise and you can feel their happy energy going into it. And it's funny, you know, I asked David how this was, how this series felt different than The Walking Dead. And he immediately replied, Twice the fun and half the time? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's it. Twice the fun and half the time. <laughs> that's about it. I mean, it's it's a short half an hour. Isn't the runtime about half an hour or so? Yeah, this last one was 37 minutes, but it's usually a half an hour, yeah. Right, so it's fast and it's jam-packed with stuff. I have to watch it a couple of times to see what's really going on. And it has... Um, you know, this this whole crazed energy about the whole thing. And yeah, it's it's one of these shows that I have a hard time even sitting down to watch. I, en- I end up sort of standing up most of the time and sort of pacing around because of, you know, that shared energy I get. I just loved it. So that's my number three. You know, a show is good when you can't stay on your ass for the show. You end up standing up mm-hmm. and moving yes. around and like waving your arms at the TV and stuff like that. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I end up yelling at the television a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, you yell stuff out. No way. <laughs> I, I, I usually end up uh, yelling, yeah. uh, shooter, shooter. <laughs> Killer. Guys. If you live in a, like a, an apartment complex with thin walls and you're yelling, Killer. <laughs> Might, might get in some trouble. David always says that he can tell when I get into The Walking Dead because he can always hear me yell from the other room at 4.30 <laughs> in the morning when I watch it on Monday mornings. Aw, poor David. Yeah, it's love. <laughs> That's right. Okay, uh, Rich? Um, let's see. Top three. You know what one of my top three was? Was the was the uh, the gore in this one. My goodness, they went all out on this one. Mm-hmm. Just like in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have? We had the... A huge wave of Heather come out the front door. That was pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. And parts, body parts. <laughs> Bits yeah, of pieces of her, yeah. That's a lot of blood in one body. And they had, uh, and then, oh, oh, we had to say goodbye to Miss Fisher there. She's yeah. goner now because uh, did the whole chainsaw on a, on a stick move with her. And then, uh, oh, man, both Kelly and Heather, they took a beating in this, poor, in this uh, episode. Those poor girls, they really got it handed to them. Especially Heather, but yes. uh, the, uh, the gore was, yeah, the gore was totally cool. I mean, <laughs> you look around the inside of the cabin and you see all these body parts and blood, you know, <laughs> pools of blood everywhere. It's like, man, this is gory. <laughs> Even the gore on the um, on those demon children that they were summoning, that that was gross too. That kind of grossed me out. It wasn't red; it was like some sort of black tarish, muddy stuff. I thought, yeah. ew, when you saw that, <laughs> ew, gross. And Pablo regurgitating the oh god oh yeah, that was so the nasty demon child <laughs> yeah the whole Heather scene when the couch was coming after her which was totally awesome like very <laughs> Evil Dead and just to freak her out it seemed like it didn't even hurt her really but then she gets the nails in the face and then she steps through a nail 
I thought, um, like the emotional side of me was like, that's too much. God, this is like, oh my, but then, but I'm like, yeah, this is great. This is what we want to feel on edge, pushed to the edge. And it, it did remind me more of the first evil dead movie than the second, that part, because she was terrified. There was absolutely no humor going on. It was just pure sadistic torture. And, uh, you know, I don't know. There is a part of me that's like, I don't want to see that, but I'm really glad it was in the episode at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I feel the same way. It made me cringe a lot. I think I cringed a lot in this episode. Yeah, I cringed a lot, too. I mean, everything in this episode just made me squint my eyes a little bit and be like, oh, do I really want to see this? Do I want to see more of this? But I mean, that's a good thing, I guess, for most of the time. But my number three is actually Heather as well. But I'm not as uh, not as positive on it as as you guys are. So I apologize for bringing you down here. But um, the whole sequence with Heather, for me, I was kind of thinking, what's the point? I mean, she's in there. She's in the show. She's stuck inside the house. Clearly, she's just there to be tortured and killed off. And and I felt like they went a little more to the you guys know the term torture porn. Yeah. Yes. Sure. I, I feel yeah. like they went a little bit more <laughs> that side with with Heather. And I was like, what's the point? And I guess maybe the point is just to, to gross us out and make us cringe like that. But um, the other thing I realized is that whole sequence with her in the house and Kelly outside the house, I felt like it was to pit Kelly against the evil by herself. And so it's kind of like Kelly against the evil or Kelly against the cabin. And I wasn't sure why Heather was there at all. She was in there just being tortured and then she was, you know, a wave of blood came out and I ended up kind of just feeling bad for her. So I don't know. I didn't really I wish they'd done something different with the character than just sort of bring her in to torture her and kill her off. And and then I think it would have made a little bit more. I think Kelly against the evil sort of on her own for the first time would have would have landed a bit better for me. That was re- pretty reminiscent of the first Evil Dead movie, don't you think? Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I mean, I must admit it's been a long time since I've watched it, but uh, it, it was. It was in a way, but I just... It's I just a lot of teenagers who we don't know very well getting uh, torn into little bits, basically. Getting torn into bits, yeah. <laughs> I guess what's there not yeah. to like about that? <laughs> and oftentimes the blonde ends up getting it, you know? There's, there's some uh, dim blonde who yeah. ends up getting it. It's yeah, the, yeah. The, who Ash calls other girl Kelly? Other girl. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite lines. That was funny. That's your first clue there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's gonna last much longer. I can understand because, as I said, my emotional reaction to that was, "Oh God, I don't want to see this." And I, I suppose I'm glad that not every episode has that or is like that. And even it even started to make me rethink some of the criticisms I've had, where like with the. Uh, militia episode i thought was maybe a little too goofy and not scary enough and now i think well maybe it's good that they vary the scariness so that this episode had such a greater impact because if they would have had that kind of stuff this whole time then it would just become we'd just be getting desensitized to it rather than being kind of disturbed by it that's a really good point actually we we do need it to be mixed they do we do need them to mix it up a little bit so that we don't get the same thing all the time maybe i just wasn't really ready for it <laughs> i don't know it, it was yeah it was pretty shocking <laughs> I yeah <laughs> i mean nails to the face i mean that's all i'm thinking nails to the face and then stepping through them i'm like come on guys the poor girl she's had enough if you're gonna if you're gonna kill her off let's get it over with at least she got to be a happy snarky deadite at the end 
That's true. <laughs> that's that's yeah. true. Disembodied one. I like how when uh, the disembodied when Heather's disembodied head was talking to Kelly, the only takeaway she got from that was. Pablo's not my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? That's your takeaway? I, what I wondered about that is she had the whole white eyes, but she still had the pretty face. And could the makeup people just not bear to deface her with the typical deadite treatment or what? <laughs> I don't know. Pretty girl. But then so was um, Amanda. So but then they uglied her up good. They uglied her up good. Yeah. So there's there's no consistency there. I don't know. <laughs> I like the conversation between Kelly and Heather when she says, don't talk down to me. I'm starting to be a dental hygienist. <laughs> and then later, Kelly says, you're going to be the best dental hygienist in all of England or wherever, wherever you come from. from. <laughs> right. <laughs> Typical. Confusing in England and Australia or New Zealand. <laughs> well, my, you know what? My only problem with this episode actually was that uh, it was Kelly because... Everybody else seemed suitably terrified by what was going on, and especially Pablo. I mean, he's begging to be killed. Poor guy. Ash is freaking out. Uh, Heather, I, that whole scene was so much more effective for me because Heather seemed genuinely terrified. And Kelly, she just finished seeing getting drenched with a, a, a geyser of blood, and then she sees Heather's legs with spine attached and then her severed head yelling at her and she's like he's not my boyfriend kicks it and then just sort of like all right now it's you and me and she has that typical sort of farcical badass attitude that works a lot of the time but in this episode you know i'd i want to see her react to what's happening so that it because it kind of killed killed the tension for me when she's sort of mm. not not that scared by it. That was the only little note that I I felt like, oh, this is taking me out of it. I liked it. I, I liked how they gave gave um, Kelly her sort of moment to shine by herself, trying to fight the evil on her own. And I mean, she's cocky. She that's kind of how she is. And she she's not afraid of anything. And, and uh, I, I sort of liked how she was come and get me kind of attitude. It would right. mean more yeah. to me that that moment if it looked like she was having to overcome her fear to get to it versus mm. just like, ah, this is no big deal. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> He's a fighter. You mean drop kicking the deadite head? Yeah, that, <laughs> that um... kick. That kick was so funny because it was such a lame <laughs> kick. The it really like was. Two feet. It yes. almost felt like it was an outtake they left in the show. But right. It was so funny. I, <laughs> I, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whose turn is it? Did you already go? Karen. Yeah, I all have that okay. number three. Okay. So. All right. My number two is Bruce freaking Campbell. And uh, yes, I understand there's nothing really original with this choice, but you know, I'm going to make it anyway. It seems <laughs> like he was made for this part. And and especially in this episode, his ash is so it's such a funny, brave and lovable kind of knucklehead. You know, he makes um he makes terrible choices and he fights for Pablo and he fights for uh, trying to fix things and even takes like multiple punches, falls down the stairway. Um, his physical comedy is perfect in this episode. The in particular, when he's falling down the stairs and then the camera sort of locks in on his face. Uh, in that Sam Raimi kind of style. It's so great. And all of a sudden, he's back in the trailer. And then they they do a, a really push for a real close-up of his face. And his 
eyes and his eyebrows are so expressive. <laughs> he's he's brilliant. You know, he's so much fun to watch. And so um, I, I, that's it was one of my favorite things about this episode is just we got to really take in a lot of Bruce freaking Campbell. Mm-hmm. He was perfect. Or yeah. like when he's uh, saying, you know, to, about Ruby, he's like firing up his chainsaw. Oh, I'm Ruby. I, I wrote the book. Well, there's a new <laughs> sheriff in town, you know. <laughs> and meanwhile, that creepy kid is sneaking up behind him. Then he goes. <laughs> 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 yeah, He's in exactly. top form. Oh, you beautiful idiot. I don't think there's not too many people that can say those lines and get away with it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's him. Can you imagine anybody else in that part? And yet I maintain that he still has that sort of note of not the best actor. And it sort of makes the part. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. He, he, he definitely sometimes. is. Oh, he's very cheesy and he's yeah. over the top, which yeah. is one of the reasons I love the show. Right. It's, it has a little bit of cheese and a little over the top. And I that's how I like my my horror. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not all my, not all of my horror, but that's how I like. That's your favorite. Particular. Yeah, it's my. This is why I liked. Um, this is actually why I didn't like the the remake in 2013 because it didn't have a lot of that um, slapstick about it. Right. And and I know a lot of people did like that. And um, hey, that's perfectly valid. But I like my slapstick in this particular franchise. I know. I mean, I liked it, but not nearly as much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Richard, number two. Number two. I think my number two was was uh, how they uh, produced this episode, you know, how they did the film, uh, the filming, the different uh, angles. There, mm-hmm. Remember when um, Ash fell down the stairs in the, into the cellar and they had, like, I don't know how they did that. And they must have had a, like, camera attached to his chest or something that, kept his face still as he was tumbling down the stairs. That was a really cool effect, I thought. Yep. I really enjoyed uh, one of my favorite scenes, I think, was uh, in, in the movies also, was when he prepares to go into the cellar. <laughs> and they have those sound effects, you know, he's preparing for the cellar. He pulls out the duct tape, loads his shotgun, does the hair color stick on his side of his head. <laughs> Pretty funny. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, all, all the little things they brought back from the original production and that scene in particular really worked so well for me because it brought in that old Evil Dead style of Ash preparing Rambo style, you know. But then yeah. the hair color <laughs> stick is more like what this series has brought to this whole thing <laughs> of him being an old dude, you know, still cares about his appearance and all that. My face, yeah. not the face. <laughs> not, my face not the face. Did you guys notice that in the cellar when... um. Right after he's he's uh, looking for Pablo, what do you say? That was pretty funny too. It's like, don't worry, Pedro, I'm coming for. I mean, Pablo, oh, yeah. Pablo. <laughs> right after, yeah. Right after he said that, he shines he shines a light through the door there, and on the left you can see uh, Freddy Krueger's glove. It was hanging on the wall. Oh, I think that was down oh. there in one of the movies too. No I think that's kidding. Why they did yeah, that. they, yeah. Evil oh, Dead cool. too. They do a lot of those little like tributes to the other horror films. Yeah. And his friend, he finds the skeleton of his friend, Scott, in the overalls in the basement. Jake. Jake, sorry. Jake, yeah. That was cool, too. That was really good. That Pedro Pablo joke struck me as weird, though. Like, and then he turns around and he goes, boy, I must have really bumped my head. Like, (laughs) it seemed like it came out of nowhere. I mean, it was funny, but it was. It made me wonder if he accidentally said that. That's and what they I was just thinking. Baked it in, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. I was thinking. But I too. liked it because even though you know that he does love Pablo, he still got that racist thing going on. 
<laughs> you can't remember his name. I mean, yeah. pretty good. He's a knucklehead. <laughs> yeah, he is. Exactly. That's hilarious. Okay, Chris. Speaking well, speaking to the style. Just before I get on to my next one, um, how about the whole cold open? Though it was before the uh, title card for the for the show. I thought it was fantastic. Like it was really well shot and cut and fast camera moves and and you know throwing the chains up in the air and catching it on his arm like all that stuff that we <laughs> was think that all is, with amanda cool. yeah all the yeah, amanda stuff yeah yeah. Awesome. yeah it was all really well done there and it felt very evil dead you know in the yeah. style so i yeah. really enjoyed that there were no down moments i mean the only down moments they had were for the creepiness and the gore which you know still entertained you yeah and even the way Amanda was hanging there in the air instead of just walking in, like it was, it was super awesome. I thought. Really and she good. said yeah. my favorite line from a deadite: "I'm gonna swallow your soul." Finally, someone swallow said it. Yeah. <laughs> Has nobody said that on the show so far? Is that Only the first Richard. Time? Only Richard. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think they have. No. Well, there you go. Maybe they'll they'll drop one every season or something like that. Right. All right, anyways, so my number two, um, I just want us to talk about uh, Ruby a little bit more and what she's actually trying to do. So um, I'll just run through a few of the things she said here and sort of some of the information she offered. And so we learned that Ash appears in the book. She said one day long ago, um, Ash would be the one who was destined to stand against her. And then Ruby says, I want things to go back to when the Dark Ones ruled over the evil forces on Earth. And she says that she doesn't want Ash and his friends to die, which seems funny because it seems like she keeps trying to kill them. But, you know, what was really funny about that is she said, do you think that I want you and your friends to die? And he said, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it does kind of seem that way. <laughs> um. And then she says, the world is in chaos and I want order to consolidate the dark forces under one ruler, me. And in the basement, she goes, I want humanity to flourish. Without good, there is no evil. I just want evil under control, same as you. The difference is you never signed up for any of this. So it took me a couple of watches to really process all this and figure out that she's saying that she actually wants to control the evil and be be their leader. Um but somehow she's like volunteered herself for this position or she's uh, she's I don't know. She's become she's put herself in a position where this is what she was doing or this is what she wants to do again. So um, I, I thought it was kind of interesting because it sort of puts her and Ash onto the same page. I mean, just coming at it from a different angle, Ash is trying to destroy the evil and she's just trying to control it. Um, and it's a, it's an interesting like black white thing here without good. I mean, she needs humanity to flourish because humanity is good and without good, there is no, no evil. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So, um, I don't know what you guys thought about the whole thing, but it seemed like her and Ash were kind of approaching the same problem, but from different angles. I think yeah, she's a, a bald faced liar. There's a lot of questions. You do. Uh, Here's that, why. Here's a couple reasons why. Well, one us. reason she's letting little demon children out into the world and their sinkholes opening up. That's right. one big reason. But yeah, yeah, that's big. Otherwise, so she said. Here's two things. She said, "I knew you were the one who was destined to stand against me because he's in the book, like like you said." Well, I went back and when Pablo mentioned El Jefe for the first time, he said. Uh, that his uncle told him only one man, El Jefe, would rise to stand against the evil. 
So if you take those literally, then if, you know, the legend is that El Jefe will rise to stand against the evil and she says El Jefe will rise to stand against me, then that makes her evil. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's not very much. But then, then you also have what Lionel, the bookseller, said. <clears throat> he said, the Dark Ones wrote the book and he used it to hold power over all mankind. He mm-hmm. said, the book is harmless unless wielded by someone very evil or very stupid. So, <laughs> and he also said, he, he, he said that, you know, that they, they wanted to, yeah, as a weapon. So, um, right. I really just think that she was saying all of that to get Ash to call a truce and that really she's just a bad, bad person who wants power. Right. Just so she can have the power. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think she wrote it? No, I do think she wrote it. Oh, I think she's a dark one, but I think the dark ones are, I I think, you know, the book, what also what Lionel said and what we've seen throughout the movies and the show is that the book is a portal to the underworld. So you can use it to call forth these evil demons and things. And so I think the dark ones wrote the book in order to call this evil forth and then control it. But if it wasn't for that, then the evil would not have a way to get, to the earth maybe i don't know you never know but <laughs> and not only that her behavior in this episode too is is sort of contrary to what she's saying right because she's saying yes i want to control it but then um she needs the book to do that and uh yet she's still uh reciting all these passages and she's bringing forth these child demons and <laughs> it doesn't really feel like she's controlling it it feels like she's <laughs> using it to you know, create bring, chaos, create yeah. chaos and bring the evil, you know? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think she's stalling for time because earlier in the episode, she said that uh, the book wasn't finished. And then you saw her down in the, uh, down in the fruit cellar there finishing the book. She was actually writing in the book. She was also oh, tearing right. out pages. I don't know why she was doing that, but I think she's just, uh, she's making a deal to, you know, finish the book so she can control the world. Interesting. Huh. When she had, uh, Ash in uh, sort of I think she had him by the throat and she was about to finish him he said to her wait I've got to know did you lose weight <laughs> and that's the thing that yeah. makes her sort of return to herself again momentarily I thought it was really funny that somebody so evil could still be you know concerned about how they look <laughs> one thing that I wonder and probably you shouldn't think about this too hard is though is uh why would she, why, she said that Ash is the only obstacle standing in her way and why not just kill him? And is it because of this prophecy that he is the one that would stand against them? I mean, she did seem to think she could kill him when she started cutting his face off. And, uh, is it just because he's such a good fighter? He's so good at fighting them. Uh, I'd like to think that I don't want to think that there's some kind of spell or something that prevents them from killing him. I, I just want to think of him as this bumbling fool. Who's actually a talented deadite fighter and a lucky guy. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe that's something that shouldn't be examined too closely. <laughs> maybe not, yeah, but it, it kind of goes back to the, without good, there is no evil, right? Ash is trying to do good. And I guess he ends up screwing it up all the time, but, He's the good and and she's the evil. I mean, I why not just like send a bunch of nails at his face like they did with with right. uh, Heather and then suck him into an evil room that tears his body in half, you know? 
Because yeah. she needs him to make these bad decisions so that he can, she can keep doing her thing. <laughs> He's been the most effective way of getting all the deadites all over the world. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he brings more deadites into the land than anyone else could. So. True. <laughs> all right. Whose turn is it? Is it mine? Yes. I think so. Okay. We've covered a lot of my points. Let's talk about Pablo a little bit. So that whole segment, it's like I was thinking like if you were creeping up on some scene and you tried to imagine the worst thing you could possibly see, this would probably be worse. <laughs> you know, with him barfing out demon yes. children. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which was really cool because I've ne- we've never seen anything like that in evil dead before it was creative it was disgusting it let pablo go back and forth between being his his lovable self pleading for ash and then being this demon person and uh i just thought it was it was amazing it was a violation of poor pablo and when we interviewed ray santiago he said something like you know, you're going to see something happen to Pablo that should never happen to anyone. Right. That's probably <laughs> it. Yeah, I think that was there, probably it. There was two or three things in there that I think should never happen to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was awesome. And I love that Pablo, when he was, you know, in his possessed state, he took, he hit Ash in his trick knee with that hammer. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And and he said at the same time, he's like, I can't control this. Yeah. And I'm sorry. So, yeah, yeah. That, I'm sorry. I love that they, they keep doing that kind of thing where, you know, the evil has taken over your body and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And I thought um, it just the, the whole scene is disturbing, um, not only just because it's gross, but also there's a satanic vibe to a lot of this stuff with the incantations and the demons and the blood rituals and everything. And an American horror story feels that way too. If you ever watch that true blood did a little bit at times, there's definitely a part of me, like part of my inner child or something that feels bad watching this stuff because I went to church as a kid and it's like, this is wrong. (laughs) You're going to have a hard time watching the exorcist. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just warning you right, All right now. Well, that's next. <laughs> I'm get over your, it. Get your favorite blankie and a pillow and make sure <laughs> that you have your loved ones gathered around you. That's all I'm saying. I just want listeners to know that just because I like this stuff doesn't mean I'm a Satanist. <laughs> right. You're not evil <laughs> yeah. most of the time. Most right. of the time. <laughs> that's what I say to myself when I look in the mirror. <laughs> You're not evil most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> You do your your best. Be good today, please. (laughs) You know what I liked about the Pablo stuff is that Ruby was clearly controlling him because every time sort of Pablo came back for a second, then Ruby would chant something and he'd go back into uh, into deadite mode. I thought that was pretty cool. Like he Mm, he uh, he's yeah, he was on top of um, uh, Kelly when she got in there and he was strangling her and then he goes, Ash, help, I'm killing her. <laughs> Which I thought was sort of funny. It's like, uh, thanks for stating Captain Obvious. But uh, and but then Ruby says something and, you know, he goes back to strangling her and, and that happened a bunch of times in the episode. So Pablo, poor Pablo, he was so torn because he knew he was doing all these things, but he couldn't help himself, which was really crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun to watch. And then so, when, uh, when Ash was about to make the deal with... Uh, root with uh, ruby he he yells out no ash don't you have no idea what's out there that got me thinking i wonder how much how much he saw through the book what, right you know, or experienced or yeah he was privy like to. he pretty much gave birth to those people so maybe he kind of 
had a understanding of what they were. Which is going to be handy in season two. Yeah, I wonder about that. Will they be looking to him to give some insight? Undoubtedly. Yep. He's literally been the book, actually, sort of. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. So I think Karen. Yeah. And we've already kind of touched on this, and we actually did talk about it. But for me, the ending was just perfect. Ash takes the deal. And uh, we said that, you know, in some ways, um, perfectly fitting with Ash's character. I love the the postcard of the the fish on the, you know, the woman in the bikini holding the fishing line, the fishing rod and the the fish and the fish moves in the postcard, the animate the postcard, which I thought was awesome. Jacksonville, he really just isn't dreaming that big. And and <laughs> I love that I thought it was like a just a perfect wonderful ending i i've read a couple things that uh some people were not happy with the ending but i certainly was i loved it yeah and it's like he has uh a couple of different things motivating him to do that one is he'll get to go to jacksonville finally two Mm -hmm. is that he he said i'm not losing any more people i care about i think he might have said that more than once so that's really what he just wanted to make sure that pablo was okay and and kelly and three is that he just likes to take the easy way out. But, uh, you know, I was trying to think why he didn't go back to his original plan and bury the book. But I thought, well, maybe Ruby would just dig it up. But then why not just kill her and chop her up? But I think he needed her to help Pablo. And so yes. if he would have gotten rid of her, he did try in the trailer. But if he would have gotten rid of her, then she couldn't help um, Pablo. So, um he was watching out for his friends. That was part of it, you know, trying to watch. Like he told him, I'm just watching out for you guys. It's not a very good way to watch out for your friends if you're going to allow hell on earth to come forth. But yeah. I think that's what he was trying to do anyway. And now and yeah. now he's cranking up ACDC and pretending like it's all going to be just yeah. fine. La, la, la. <laughs> ACDC does make everything better. I've, it does. I've, <laughs> that, is, that is a rule I think we can uh, apply to everything in life. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't know with with the ending like I felt it was a little bit all over the place like on one hand Ash is totally in character kind of being selfish and just uh, wanting his his ideal life but then at the same time he's trying to help his friends which I guess he's done he's he's learned to do over the course of this first season a little bit. But then that sort of goes contradicts the whole like shoot first think never thing that we've had going out through through this season you know he he sort of stopped yeah. and was like wait a minute i i i maybe there's different ways to do this and i started wondering and i don't know maybe this is just me taking it too far but i started wondering if they planned out this show or planned out the season of the show and then when they got renewed for season two they had to change the ending so that they 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 could sort of um go forward into season two a little bit you know i'm wondering if maybe maybe ruby was gonna die or or ash was going to bury the book and they thought well it'll be a sort of a self-contained story but then when season two came along they're like well we better we better plan for season two and do something different here and that sort of to me was like maybe why it was a little bit all over the place um but who knows i i don't really know i'm pretty sure it was renewed uh before the pilot even aired so it was still early on was, but i yeah. but but the show i mean yeah. the writing and all that probably was all 
pretty much done by then. So I don't know. Um, the one thing I did like about the ending is when they're driving in the car, and I think it's Kelly says, like, this is a terrible decision. You know, this is this evil is not going to stay under wraps at all. You're crazy. And and Ash says something like, you know, have you seen the world today? It's so fucked up anyways. I don't think anybody would notice. And I thought that was a pretty deep concept for Ash to to deliver, <laughs> you know, which was good. So, you know, Ash is he's learning. I think he's thinking a little bit yeah. instead of shooting all the time. He's justifying. Yeah. Yeah. And then the emergency, too. the emergency uh, message came on the radio over the car. That was that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah that really was. was. That and he was turns really it good. off halfway through. Yeah, what did they say? Stay in your homes. Massive sinkholes have been yeah. opening all over the place. And all, <laughs> eh, the news is depressing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so. I'm just gonna let's turn off this message of Armageddon. Let's just turn it off. <laughs> and it's sort right. of funny. Uh, massive sinkholes really are opening up in parts of Florida. By the way, I mean oh, that's scare actually me, happening. man. That's oh yeah, they, funny. they should scare that. you. Yeah, yeah, I've. <laughs> seen that on the news like right under people's houses and they just get swallowed up Holy in the night cow. that's uh-huh. that is freaking terrifying when you oh, overdraw man. the groundwater yep oh my god this is a true story <laughs> holy not, crap not exactly <laughs> we're in trouble <laughs> get your chainsaw hands out okay who's turn i'm lost now well that was kind uh, of my, that my was uh, we all had the same number one <laughs> that was my number one my like number the, one was the same thing the yeah. deal in the ending yeah, yeah. it was uh I was a little surprised, actually, that he took the deal and, and a little bit disappointed. I was kind of hoping for some sort of alternate dimension or maybe some time travel or something like that because they showed the picture of Ash in the book on the hilltop as El Jefe. Mm-hmm. I guess that was just a tease. Maybe something like that will happen next uh, next season. Yeah, he did, it for, uh, he did it for Kelly and Pablo, right? What? That's why he took the deal, because of Kelly and Pablo, right? If they weren't in the picture, he probably would have fought her to the death. It's yes. hard to say. It seems like it. It seems like part of it. He took the yeah. deal because he knew he could save them. But also he he like he he liked the idea of, "Oh, okay, you want to handle this for me? Uh, it sounds pretty good. Now I don't have to worry about it anymore." Okay, fine. And he gets the life he always wanted. He gets mm. to go to Jacksonville, he gets cable TV, 10,000 or gas money and 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 <laughs> And he saves his friends. Like, what could possibly go wrong? That's and he's just gonna godfather the the evil. So even yeah. though he doesn't dream very big, when he said, "I want a twenty ounce steak every night, a little pat of butter right there, cable TV, <laughs> all the channels," there was something honorable, you know, about that. Something pure. Yep. <laughs> that I liked. Yep. Simpleton. Uh, okay. Uh, is the my turn? So. I uh, had the ending too, but I'll I'll just go into some of my favorite lines, which I like to do. I liked when Ash said, that lady has my book and she has my Pablo. I just <laughs> thought that was cute. <laughs> I liked when, yeah. this is one of my favorites, when he said, I'm not losing any more of the people I care about. Kelly says, that includes me, right? Of course. Heather and me? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Other girl? <laughs> Stay close to her. Stay close to her. <laughs> then he goes, all right, I'm going down there, Kelly. Other girl, you stay here and guard the door. <laughs> uh, what else? Then the part I already said, now, Ash, you really think I want you and your friends to die? Yes. And then she goes, I just want things to go the way they were when the Dark Ones ruled over the evil forces on Earth. He goes, I just want to bang Marianne from Gilligan's Island, but that ain't going to happen. <laughs> You'd think he'd be like a ginger guy, right? I like that he was into Marianne. She's actually quite, quite adorable. She is quite adorable, but everyone thinks you know she. Uh, G- Ginger's the bombshell. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I 
Yeah, I think I like Ginger better. But anyway, uh, Ash says, what do you want to control these demons like the Godfather? Exactly. Yeah, well, I hated that movie. Too long, boring, and not enough boobies. I'm more of a Death Wish kind of guy. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. He likes Death Wish because he kind of has a Death Wish. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess that's about it. Yeah, I've already said all my other lines that I liked. The one bit that I really liked that uh, it wasn't even a line. It's just before he pulled the trigger on the on the kid, on the creepy kid, he winked. And that I thought that was perfect. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Yep. I like in the uh, trailer when Ruby first presents the the uh, the deal, and Ash is like, "Hey, look, you know, for the next forty years," and she's like ten. I cracked it. You thought he yeah. had another forty years <laughs> in my life. Yeah. <laughs> that reminded me of when he first met Kelly, and he's like ten pounds overweight, and. She's all 10. Okay, 30 pounds overweight. <laughs> the scene in the in the uh um in the trailer when when Ruby's sitting there in that chair in the white dress, that reminded me of the Sharon Stone scene in Basic Instinct. You probably yes. know the one I'm talking about. She's yes. sitting there in a chair in a white dress and I was like, are they going to parody that? I wonder. And then she can uncross her legs. You asked, I'm like, maybe it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I had a few notes. I think we're done, right? Yeah, I think Everybody so. said the number ones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last episode, it it seemed like the book face was drawn to Pablo when the book face flew off because of his pendant. I noticed. Yeah. It, it was like re- reaching towards it. So I'm like, dude, has that pendant actually helped? It seems like it's just been trouble so far. You might want to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah and it didn't it didn't come up in this episode at all right it was i mean the book was on his face but then right, when the book no, got off his so. face there was no drawback it, it didn't seem like Mm-mm. um amanda uh, can we all do we all pretty much agree she's probably gone for good yep gone for good oh, yeah. yeah yeah gone for good it was beheaded uh what else the, the when he first went down into the cellar he saw a bunch of things hanging it looked like, oh, like the gourds pods. Is that what it was? Gourds. Yeah, I think they're just uh, gourds or melons. Okay. Something like that. Because in hindsight, I wondered if they were like demon fetuses or something. Ew. <laughs> God, I, I don't know. I didn't. I don't even really remember them. But I liked the scene where Kelly went first went down into the cellar and she saw the flashlight coming at her. Yeah. Yes. That, that was really effective. That was a note that I made creepy. too. Super creepy when imagine being in a in a dark basement and a light is coming towards you, but yeah. you're blinded by it and you can't see it, and then the light She's goes like, off. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean that creeped me out. Totally perfect. At one point, when Pablo was in his possessed mode, he said, "In your next life, learn to read." I didn't really understand yeah. what why he said that. Yeah, what was that in reference to? He said, because he had just uh, said that he, you know, uh, he said, uh, Pablo, you didn't tell me to, you didn't remind me to refill my uh, chainsaw. Thank you. You know, you beautiful, whatever. But I don't know if it had to do with that. It doesn't seem like it. He said, you you didn't remind me to gas her up. Yeah. That has nothing to do with reading. So no, I I don't, I'm not sure about that one either. Okay. Mm. And then, uh, well, one more, a couple more. So as they're driving away at the very end, I noticed that Eli was sitting there resting on the dashboard. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice him. (laughs) That's pretty cool. 
And then lastly, I just wondered what you guys thought for next season. What do you, do you have any like predictions or hopes? Um, I was wondering if when he gets to uh, Jacksonville, I wonder if he's going to actually make it there. Yeah. Or if maybe that's going to be the goal throughout the season or, well, no, that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, you know, by the time he gets there, maybe evil has taken over the world. Does he actually get to enjoy Jacksonville? I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> Talking fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I yeah. doubt it. I'd be really surprised if they got very far at all. I mean, with sinkholes already opening up and, you know, as they drove away, one opened right behind them. So, yeah, I don't think yeah. they're going to get to Jacksonville. I think we're probably going to pick up fairly soon, fairly quickly after this episode left off, I think. Um, but in the news, I do have something brief about season two. So, Oh, great. great. Do you cool. think they should go back to the cabin anymore or is that enough? That's enough. I think it's yeah, enough. Yeah. I think so too. I don't think it's going to help him anymore. I think these last three episodes, and I guess really the whole series, we finally have our Evil Dead four. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. <laughs> yeah, this whole season, next season will be Evil Dead five. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right, cool. That's great. Let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Groovy, great bumper. <laughs> All right, uh, time for the news. The first item here comes from Uprox, who interviewed Bruce Campbell recently. And uh, they asked him about the supporting cast on the show. And Bruce talks a little bit about Dana DiLorenzo and Ray Santiago a bit. But then he has this to say about Lucy Lawless. He said, at the beginning, people were always asking what we were doing with Ruby since she wasn't around all that much. That's because we had to work her in because she wasn't available for the first half of the season. She was working on Salem, so we sort of shoehorned her into it. That's how bad we wanted her. Now that she's available, we can do her proper. So, Interesting. Yeah, they just right. wanted her so bad in the show, but they had to kind of wait until she was uh, available, available, which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah, wow. she, she was also in Parks and Rec, too. Right. Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. I don't watch that show, but oh, was she? Well, it's off. It's uh, it, it had season finale almost a year ago. I think it was in like February, March. It had season finale, and um, she was in it. Cool. Bruce goes on to say this about season two, and I don't consider this spoilery at all. But if you're really sensitive to spoilers, maybe jump ahead uh, thirty seconds. But he said this about uh, Lucy in season two. She'll be all over the second season, and I'm really looking forward to it since she'll be much more involved. Lucy's one of the top five people I've ever worked with. She's stunning. She's beautiful. And on top of that, she's incredibly professional. So Lucy Lawless sounds like isn't going anywhere. Now that they've got her, they're going to hold on to her, and uh, she's going to be in season two quite a bit, which is one of the reasons it sort of makes me think that uh, they're not going to get very far from where that where we left off in this episode because mm. you know she's right behind them and she's got the book and it's all going to be it's all going to pick up right where they left off I think 
I notice he doesn't say anything yeah. about her acting ability, he, but two comments about her looks. <laughs> That's true. She's stunning and beautiful. <laughs> well, incredibly professional. That could be sort of about her acting. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to see lots of Lucy in season two, which I think is great. It is. Um, so, Sideshow Collectibles, if you are into... I guess action figures or little statuettes or collectibles of any kind, they are releasing a sixth scale figure of Ash, which means it's about, <laughs> yeah, sixth scale, which means it's about 12 inches tall. <laughs> and it is going to be a detailed likeness of Bruce Campbell from Evil Dead 2, which is pretty cool. Uh, in the box, you get a chainsaw, shotgun, four interchangeable hands. You get the Necronomicon and a possessed severed hand. So you get like Ash's severed oh. hand possessed, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll post a link to it. There's some pictures out there. It looks really cool. I didn't think it really looked that much like Bruce Campbell, but maybe in, in, in real life it will a little bit more, but it did look cool nonetheless. Um, it is only available for pre-order now, and it doesn't ship until the fall of next year, or I guess this year, 2016. Uh, so you got some time if you're if you're waiting for this. The other thing is, it's a real collectible item. It costs 239 bucks. So it doesn't ship for a while. You have some time to save up if you want, but uh, it's out there for you if you're a serious Evil Dead collector, and it looks pretty cool. I think what I would want so cool. if I was going to get something is just like a page from the Necronomicon to put up <laughs> <laughs> and not read. Don't read it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't just I want someone to make a, I want someone to make a, a chainsaw that you can attach to your hand. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Chop down some trees. That'd be good. A functioning yeah. chainsaw. <laughs> uh, just, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> Sounds a little dangerous, but you know, I've always thought that about lightsabers. It would, how cool would it be to have a lightsaber? But the first thing I do when I turn it on is cut my own arm off. So yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried. <laughs> I always thought if yeah. I could have anything from Star Wars, I'd <laughs> want a lightsaber. And then I got these just near perfect replicas of the movie props. And I'm holding it in my hand. I'm going, what if I could turn this on? What would I do with it? Probably chop off a body part. But otherwise, I don't really know what good it would be. <laughs> ice sculpting. Ice sculpting. Ice sculpting. Yeah, yeah. Wood making, carving. Sculpting. Making a lot of toast all at the same time. You know? <laughs> oh, know. my God. You like, impress your whole family. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, I don't know. A lightsaber would be cool, but dangerous. I think a shotgun arm, I mean, a uh, chainsaw arm would be kind of the same. Uh, all right, one last item here, uh, Blaster, that's B-L-A-S-T-R. They have included Ash vs. Evil Dead in their top 10 sci-fi, fantasy, and horror TV shows of 2015. And uh, it didn't come, last week I mentioned a list where uh, Ash, the pilot, was number one. This time we didn't get that high on the list. We're only number nine on this list. And it was beat out by shows like Doctor Who, Agent Carter, The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, and Daredevil. So some of those I agree with, some of them I don't, but uh, still great to be included in the top 10 um, because Ash vs. Evil Dead deserves lots of praise, I think, and it's, yep. it's getting it, seems to be getting it around the internet. So good That's for Blaster. Cool. Yeah. Have you and guys seen Jessica Jones, Karen? Have you seen that? No, I haven't yet. David Tennant is the bad guy. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just totally lost it there for a you second. You got to check that out. And Kristen Ritter, who was uh, Jane, oh, yes. I think, in 
in, in Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah, it's she's really good. Wonderful. No, I, right now I'm totally hooked on the making of a murderer. Making a murderer. Oh on yeah. Netflix. Oh my God, it's <laughs> spellbinding. Yeah, right. That's kind of got us hooked right now. I've just watched the first episode of Jessica Jones and really loved it, but I might actually put that on hold to watch Making a Murderer because I've heard such amazing things about it. Oh, watch it, watch it, watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then let me know what you think. All right, cool. Uh, That's also it for the news this week. All right, let's go right into listener feedback. Let's go in the same order that we did the comments. So Karen, Richard, Chris, me. All right, this first one comes from Matthew Rep, who writes... All in all, I think it was a strong finale. The horror was definitely there. Ash was rightly terrified to go back to the fruit cellar. I enjoyed seeing the final resting place of good old reliable Jake. Ruby's children were the scariest things we've seen all series. We finally got our geyser of blood. In the end, I'm really disappointed that Ash took Ruby's deal. I really thought he'd be too stubborn and insist on completing his mission, but I guess he needed, we needed a cliffhanger for season two. Four out of five demon babies. Nice. Pretty good rating. (laughs) All right. John Bucket writes, uh, lands the whole series beautifully. 10 out of 10 fantastic episodes of blood splattered horror and hilarity. Left things a lot more open than I anticipated with the twist ending. Massive sinkholes to hell. Evil kids, chunks of hiker. Cannot wait for more (laughs) in season two. I think those demon babies, they made a point to show several of them going out into the world and uh-huh. i i wonder yeah. if they have something in mind for that i wouldn't be surprised if they all grow up into different forms yeah i mean and they're just running around that's true because we saw one climb up through the dirt right and then mm-hmm. and then when kelly was outside we saw one run behind run her uh-huh. and, I, and i and i thought it was gonna like come back to get her but it never did and so it's just out there yeah. and then ash had to fight the one in the in the basement but he killed that one so there's at least a couple out there running around <laughs> yeah yeah all right uh uh, Christina Spinney says the gore in this one had me cringing in the best way. <laughs> Can't wait for season two. Uh, Grippy Bob Davolino says, and $10,000 cash easily creeped me out more than usual. Roaches crawling all over her body. And we didn't mention that. Um, the demon baby with black eyes throw up birth was sort of like poltergeist two when the dad eats the devil tequila worm and then throws up a human-sized piece of phlegm that turns into an armless, legless, skinless <laughs> demon that looks back at mom and dad, blinks and smiles, and keeps on crawling. <laughs> it was one of those I'm never eating a tequila worm moments. You know what my never eating a tequila worm moment was? It was when I saw a tequila worm. I'm with yeah. you there, man. I've yeah. seen one. I am not. Tequila's great, but I'm not eating the worm. Forget it. No. <laughs> um, no. But you never had to do that to get into a, um, you know, a party in college. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was in a fraternity for about two weeks, and then I quit as soon as I had to eat the tequila worm. No, I'm just right. You said I'm out of here, man. <laughs> Uh, but the, you know what? The roaches crawling on her body was something I forgot to mention earlier too, which is also just more uh, more torture for poor uh, what's her name for poor Heather. And did they really need to like be coming out of her pants like that? Like, come on! Yes, <laughs> they did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> see that was actually it just happened, and then they wrote it in. Oh right! <laughs> hey, why is that roach crawling out of your shorts? Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> God. Whoa. So this next email comes from Jamie. I'm going to say Kniep. 
That's what I'm but, going with. Hey, guys. Oh, I was sorry, what? Cacnipe. That's what I think it is. <laughs> there. That's what it is. Cacnipe. Hey, guys. Just wanted to let you know how much I have enjoyed listening to your podcast. I've been listening since the exact day you uploaded your first episode. I have loved the Evil Dead series since my fiancé showed them to me a couple of years ago. Wow, that is a good fiancé. I have been hooked and watched them many times a year. I have also seen Evil Dead the musical three times. And for anyone who has not seen it, please do. It's so great, especially since... Uh, the one I saw was directly in the woods. Go Wolfsbane Productions. I've been hyped for Ash vs. Evil Dead since I saw the trailer and cannot believe that season one is already ending. I haven't seen the last episode yet, but I'm sure it's great. Thanks for analyzing each episode each week, and I love the interviews with Lucy and Ray. Y'all keep me from being bored at work. Thank you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's so nice. Anyway, the main thing I wanted to ask of y'all is if y'all have ever played any of the Evil Dead video games. There are three that I know of. Hail to the King, Evil Dead, A Fistful of Boomstick, and Evil Dead Regeneration. I've never, uh, I have never played the first two, but my sister and I feel like Regeneration is what would have happened if it was an Army of Darkness. I would hate for you guys to be on hiatus so soon, so maybe you could play these games or watch a playthrough on YouTube and review them. That would be awesome. Hail to the king, baby. Anybody ever played those? I think I I might have played Fistful of Boomstick, and I'm glad that this uh, listener brought that up because I totally forgot about that. I'm just looking up pictures of it on uh, Google right now. I think I did play this, but boy, that was a while ago. Man. Back in the late nineties. <laughs> boomstick. Which one did you play, Rich? Same one. Evil Dead, a fistful of boomstick. It's, <laughs> it's pretty a, cool. It's a great, great title. Um I yeah. would what I would do is I would check and see if these games are reviewed well because um I don't want to play games that aren't reviewed well. <laughs> Even if it is Evil Dead. Because you have to spend so much time in the world or yeah. just playing it. And so uh I'll take a look. Yeah, you know what? Fistful of Boomstick was released for the original Xbox, which I had. I'm pretty sure I played this on my Xbox way, way, way back. And I kind of wish I still had it now, actually, because <laughs> it'd be fun to to experience it again. Um, but guys, about the musical. So I mentioned a few weeks back that the Evil Dead, the musical, is going to be playing in Toronto again in February. So should I go see it and then talk about it on a, on a podcast at some point? What do you Absolutely. guys think? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, that would be yeah. good. All right. I'll And then can we go and can we go with you? You're welcome to come on up here and, and go see it with me. I'll arrange the whole thing, but uh <laughs> let me know. Oh man, I'd love to <laughs> me do too, that. Me too, man. I want to see it. I I'm, I'm keeping an eye out for it when it comes nearby and we can all do get, it. Yeah. Three of us can go see it together. It's supposed to come to Vegas, I think. I hope it does. Yeah, that might be cool. Yeah, it was playing in Vegas recently, but uh and they and they they opened it a new theater down there, so maybe it's still going, so that might be the closest for you guys for now, but for me, it's right in right in my backyard. So I'll get out to yeah. check it out, and and we can talk That's about cool. it if you want. Cool. All Rich. right. Um, looks like our final letter is from Scott Pike. Everyone was right about the fate of poor Heather the hiker. Man, nails to the foot and face, and damage to an already broken leg. Uh, talking, possessed, decapitated head, and a blood fountain. For her in this episode, it was the whole Evil Dead works. This episode was also much less humor and more scary, and everyone felt more in jeopardy. 
The most interesting thing that happened was with the book and the demons. It seemed that Ruby made Pablo Namacon give birth to several eyeless demon children. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Pablo well Namacon. That's good. From the way he talked, it sounded like those few that got away are going to be a big plague on mankind. That also points that while he was fused to the cover of the book, that Pablo Namacon knew stuff that normal Pablo wouldn't. Yeah. Also, Ruby seemed to destroy some pages of the book using the knife to cut them out of the book, write on them, and then throw them into the fire. Meanwhile, she was also writing on blank pages in blood with the knife and adding them to the book. Interesting note about the sinkholes appearing everywhere in some of H.P. Lovecraft Monster and Horrors in his Cthulhu Mythology, which is the basis for a lot of horror mythology today about monsters in the sea, under the earth, and from other dimensions. These sinkholes usually housed ancient horrors sleeping beneath the earth and that they have woken up. Basically, to save himself and his friends, Ash unleashed the apocalypse of H.P. Lovecraftian proportions on the world. <laughs> uh -oh. Episode rating, 10 out of 10. That uh, was fun. See you next season. Nice. Right on. Thanks. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder what next season could be. I know they've, they're already, they've already written it, I think, because Ray... Are they in production? Ray Santiago kind of gave away to us that he was still going to be around. I don't think he meant to, but Woo! he kept saying they're getting ready to go back and film, and he's been getting in shape and all this. Right. <clears throat> so, I think they're still writing. I think they're still writing it. Like they're not quite yeah. finished the writing, but I'm, I'm sure they have the first, at least first, you know, half the season probably mm -hmm. done because they're going to go back into actual shooting production pretty soon. Um, there's no word yet on when it's going to be airing, but I, we imagine next summer. October. Right? Oh, really? I I would I was thinking it would be October again, but well, maybe yeah, right. maybe I I read somewhere that it could be as early as the summer, but mm. it's it's not out there yet, so we don't really know. Right. Yeah, um, but if it is that early, yeah, the they'd have to be month. filming really soon. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you guys for writing in. Time for next time on, well, we'll do next time on Evil Dead Cast this time. So I think it'd be great if you went to that musical. We could talk about that sometime. <clears throat> also do. thought that we could watch rewatch the 2013 Evil Dead movie, and we could all cover that for an episode at some point. Great idea. Okay. Sound good, Rich. And Challenge so, accepted. Uh, but, but we're taking a break. <laughs> we're taking a little break. We're going on hiatus and, uh, we'll be back at some point. We don't know when yet, but if you want to, uh, check in with Karen and I go over to walking dead cast. If you want to check in with Chris, go over to the talking dead podcast. If you want to check in with rich, what, what junior high do you teach at? No, I'm just kidding, uh, <laughs> but we'll be back at some point. That's our show, episode 14. Thank you for listening, everyone. I want to mention if you like what you've heard from us this season, it would be great if you'd leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. You can find us on iTunes by going there and searching for Evil Dead in the podcast section, or if you just enter in your browser, podcast.evildeadcast.com. That's podcast.evildeadcast.com, then you'll find us on iTunes. So thank you. If in the meantime, if you want to give us a call, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can also email us at groovy at podcastica.com. 
And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or evildeadcast on Twitter. And please be sure to check out our other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. I want to thank Karen for coming on. Thank you. That was fun. Thanks for having me on. It was a totally groovy experience. Cool. (laughs) And Jason, I want to thank you for for coming up with this show and letting me come on, too. Yeah, I'm so glad that you wanted to do it. Yeah, and it's, it's, you know, I mean, we've gotten to know each other over the last five years doing our Walking Dead shows, but it's been fun to do something together for the, like, really together for the first yeah, time. So thank absolutely. you, sir. Are you going to come back and stay with us? I know you said you'd try it out for the first season and see how it went. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, okay, I'd, cool. I'd love to. Cool. <laughs> and then, Rich, I actually had a note to ask you. This is your, we've all done podcasting for the last 15 or 20 years. Uh, but this is your first one, so how has it been? What's the verdict? Uh, it's been it's been a blast. I've really enjoyed. The best part was just hanging out with you. Thanks a lot. That was fun. It's fun going over to your house and doing these things together. Yeah. Uh, it was a little. It was a learning experience. There was certainly a curve to it. I, I felt kind of little maybe i wouldn't say overwhelmed but a little intimidated at the beginning and then i realized you know we're just talking about a freaking show here it's not like we're gonna contemplate the fate of mankind or anything like that but. oh we're <laughs> contemplating that pal <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a little looser and uh, pretty comfortable yeah. feels good i like talking about it I, I exactly I, mean, I was really stoked that you wanted to do it in fact we talked about it and then uh, when it was coming up on time, I was like, dude, I'm busy. I don't know. And then you, but you seemed excited and I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going to make it happen. And I'm so glad I did because it's been, a lo- I mean, for one thing, the show is amazing, but it's just been fun. Yeah. Getting to do something, a project with you because Richard and I have yeah. been friends since like uh, junior high school and uh, nice. we, we don't really see each other all that much. So it's been a lot of fun to have a, an excuse to stay in touch a little bit more. Yeah. What better way than doing a podcast? Too? Yeah, about something that we <laughs> both loved. And our friend, we oh, found out some of our other friends that we used to watch these movies with have been listening and really um, liking it. Tim and Megan. Hi, Tim and Megan. Ah. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Guys, I watched your uh, short film, too, from oh, yeah. that we mentioned last week. That was awesome. I'd just like to say it was oh, amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> now you understand why I said Richard is lucky he didn't get arrested. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a few things in there that were a little questionable, but it was great. I thought you did a guy, guys did an awesome job uh, cutting that together, you know, with the chase and everything. It was really good. Thank you. Yeah, that was all done with a VCR, too. Can you believe that? Yeah, and like one of those JVC cams. No oh digital. Oh, my God. Awesome. That is amazing. That makes it even that much more impressive, you guys. It was awesome. Thanks. <laughs> all right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Well, swallow your soul!